Welcome to the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Ecos. Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome back. Today's episode is fire. I got a good friend of mine, Michael Graziano. If you want to know about travel, if you want to learn about how to get a degree while you're traveling, you want to know about viral videos, this guy's your man. Not only is he super knowledgeable and been all over the world, but he's got a big heart and he's got a lot of value to give. So make sure you listen right till the end because you will learn something, you'll get something out of this. So currently as we speak, he's finishing off traveling around the world. When we did this interview, he was getting ready to leave. I'm not going to give away everything. I'm going to wait for the interview, everybody. So buckle up. It's a, it's a fun ride, this one. It's going to be good. Today's review of the day is going to be from a past guest and my friend, John Paul Najem. I call him JP. He's an amazing dude. It's simple. If you're tired of being tired and need some serious motivation, hit play. It'll change your life. After the, after the episode, listen to an episode, subscribe, let us know what you think. I really love to truly know what you think so that I can you know, continue to elevate the game and bring you as much value as possible. So appreciate you all. We'll dive right in. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of University of Adversity. I'm your host, Lance Isios. I've been super excited to get my next guest on. It's going to be such an awesome episode. He's attempting to be the youngest Canadian to visit every UN nation in the world, graduating with what he calls the global degree. Over the past five years, he's been to over 120 nations through America, Europe, Asia, Africa, and Australia. He'll be visiting the remainder of the nations this year. His videos have been viewed more than 75 million times and an engaged audience of 1 million travelers from all around the world. He has also founded Global Degree Academy, which facilitates student group travel while completing online courses. Now students can earn traditional degree while traveling the world. His Global Degree online web series aired on Discovery Channel's digital network, and they have been sponsored by GoPro, TripAdvisor, Hostel World, Flight Center, and many others. So this guy has got stories. He's been around the world, and he is one hell of a human. So super excited to have him on. Michael Graziano, welcome to the show, brother. Yeah, thanks for the <laughs> intro, man. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, you've done some incredible stuff and we've connected over the years and reconnected. So I'm super, super grateful to have you here. You know, it's funny when people come in and out of your life at different times and it's just awesome that we reconnected, man. And I'm just so excited to hear your story, share your journey because there's so many people out there that, that want to travel but for whatever reason, don't because of circumstances or things or stuff or jobs. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm really fascinated how you did it all. So maybe, man, just take us back a little bit. Give us, give us a bit of your background, a little bit about your story. And yeah, sort of fill in the gaps of how you got to where you are today. Yeah, man, appreciate it. So I went to university in Canada, trying to get into one of the best business schools there and called Richard Ivey School of Business at Western University. And I got rejected from the business school. And I wanted to be a hotshot business guy. I always knew I was, had to do something in business, but I wasn't sure what. 
So getting rejected was actually at the time felt like the worst possible thing that could have happened. But walking past the exchange office, I learned about uh, an exchange to Copenhagen uh, through my university. And I ended up doing that instead, which looking back on it was one of the best things uh, that could have happened to me uh, because I got a taste of travel uh, when I was over there in Denmark. I traveled about 17 countries, started up a, a business, got my first investor, uh, went on the Dragon's Den for any Canadian listeners who watched that show. We were on season six. I raised $150,000 from Jim Tree Living and Robert Hershevik, which is really an interesting experience. And yeah, I just learned that I don't need to go to a business school or get a degree in business to be successful. I can go and figure it out on my own. And so that was really early on. I, I fell in love with travel and learned to just be my own boss at the age of you know, 18, 19. And then my global degree experience came from an innocent three-week trip to Thailand. I was supposed to go with my girlfriend at the time, but we broke up. And so I had this one-way flight to Thailand, and I, I went solo. And the first thing was I overcame a fear of loneliness. Uh, it's really scary to go to a foreign country on your own, especially for the first time. And I made more friends in those three weeks than I had in my entire life up till that point. I mean, just going to these hostels, you meet people from around the world. Before you put your bag down, you have 10 new friends and you're going on an adventure. Also money, I was spending more money as a ghost in Vancouver with car payments, cell phone bills, subscriptions. Then I was living like a king down in Thailand. And still to this day, it's cheaper for me to travel the world than to live in Vancouver. And thirdly was misconceptions. People said, don't go on your own. You're going to get kidnapped. You're going to get drugged. You're going to get robbed. All coming from people who have never been. And when I went down there, is paradise. And the thing about Thailand is it's a melting pot of people from around the world. People said, well, it's nice. Come to Israel. Come to Kenya. Come to my hometown in Pakistan. Come to Egypt. Come to Vietnam. And I'm like, well, it seems like everyone's home country is beautiful. So, you know, how many misconceptions are in my head that just aren't true? How deep does this rabbit hole go? What if the world is this beautiful place and I have nothing to fear and I can go anywhere I want? And so on the last day of my trip, it all kind of built up inside of me, anger, passion, inspiration, frustration, just kind of like a brewing pot. And I just made a promise on the last day that I was going to go to every country in the world in the next five years, or I was going to die trying and nothing was going to stop me. Either I do it or I cease to exist. And so here we are. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. But so many people say that they're going to travel the world and never do, right? But the fact that you committed to that and I don't know if everybody can really understand how, how many countries and how big the world is, you know, when you actually think about it, right? Like, it, and it takes a lot of time and there's so many different things. Yeah. Um, I know exactly what you mean too, about when you're not, you're not really alone when you travel either. I mean, how often, how long are you by yourself, right? Like as soon as you get there. Yeah. I mean, what, I mean, just putting yourself out there, being vulnerable is a powerful thing because even going with one friend, you have a fallback, you have a, guaranteed connection and it kind of puts you at ease and makes everything else just being people being acquaintances of you and your friend same thing with group dynamic when you go solo you're out there you're vulnerable you're a lone ranger and as a result you just get accepted so much more not only by locals but by other groups other people and as a result you build real relationships with with these people from all over the world. And it's just a beautiful thing. It, you really witness the art of flow when you travel, the flow of events, but also the flow of people. 
that come into your life with an open heart and a big smile on your face. Yeah, for sure. And sometimes it's not even what you expect to learn what you learn. And a lot of mm-hmm. times it's those hard lessons, right, that you learn along the way, you know, the uncomfortable moments that you grow from that because mm-hmm. it's, it's not always that easy, right? I mean, I'm sure that you had some, some difficult times along the way that you learned from, right? What are some things that maybe the stereotypical traveler thinks that they should worry about that really may not be a big deal, but some things that maybe people not expecting that you sort of were like, oh, wow, I didn't think of this, but this is really helping me. Yeah, I mean, not to sound naive, but some of the most quote-unquote dangerous countries places we should never go to ended up being some of the most rewarding experiences of our travels. I mean, we stepped foot into North Korea, which was an interesting experience. We went to Honduras, which was at the time was the murder capital of the world. Just came back from Somalia, a place people, you know, forbid me to go and, and absolutely loved it. Somali people were some of the nicest people on earth. And so I just find that the world is a good place everywhere. People shouldn't be judged by the actions of their government. People are good everywhere. And so this idea that in between borders, there is bad people is just such a fallacy. And it's just so false. And it it causes a lot of conflict and a lot of unneeded controversy in the world. So that's something I tell people is to explore far and wide and much further than the tourist hotspots. Yeah. And I've experienced that too, man, going to Israel, you hear all these rumors that it's dangerous and like anywhere you go, man, there's going to be danger if you want it. We talked about this before, right? Like you could walk in any city in the world and if you want danger, you'll find danger. Funny story. I was just thinking about this yesterday. I just got a place in Gastown and that's considered a trendy spot in Vancouver. Yeah. I mean, every corner I turn here, there's a homeless guy, you know, shooting up. There's prostitutes everywhere. There's, there, I walked by a, a fight in front of the dollar store, a fist fight, and the guy pushed him out on in front of cars all over like, who knows, something at the dollar store. Yeah. And I just looked around and I'm like, wow, I've been to 123 countries and I've never seen this many issues in such a small area. And here we are in beautiful Vancouver, considered yeah. one of the most livable places on earth in one of the trendiest spots in one of the most livable places on earth. And this is what you see. So yeah, it makes me really passionate to see these challenges right here at our doorstep. Yet you go to some of these beautiful, beautiful Muslim countries that are considered axes of evil and there's nothing, you wouldn't see anything like that here. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, man. And if anybody that's listening isn't familiar with Vancouver, Vancouver's got a very, there's an epidemic with homeless and, and drug use in one specific area, right? The downtown east side. And it's been a problem for a while. And it's such a beautiful city, but then there's this section that is not so beautiful, right? And it's so close to everything that one block, there's beautiful buildings and the next block is this. And it's yeah, it's quite profound to see. And as you travel the world, you really realize how bad it is in that one spot. But mm-hmm. yeah, man, I, um, that's something I really felt as well. Now, so you're on your journey. You're getting ready to, to kind of pick up and go again. And you got some big countries to tackle. 
what are some of the countries that you're excited about? And, you know, we usually have some sort of thing that we're sort of striving towards on our next journey. You know, mm-hmm. what are you looking towards? Is it just to visit all the countries or is there something else that you're looking within yourself to find? Yeah, I think the next journey is the Middle East. It's always been exciting for me because there's a really good opportunity to tell a lot of stories, beautiful, beautiful stories, stories of respect, honesty, compassion, sincerity, love. I think the world needs to hear some more stories coming from that area, just with what's going on in the, in the news and the media right now. So the theme of this next journey is going to be connection. I think, you know, here you have this privileged white Canadian man stepping foot into some of these places like Iraq, Iran, Syria, Yemen, and to show the amount of love and respect. I think that's really powerful stuff. And so that's what I'm going in and looking for. And that's, uh, that's what I'm really excited to show. Are you a bit nervous about those countries? I mean, let's be honest. No, no, No? come on. That's awesome. I love that, bro, because most people would be. That's what stops people. And you know what? That's great because they're probably not even, you know, it's all a misconception, right? That's it. I can't wait to stand in country 193 with a big smile on my face and tell the news and the media and the world that the world's a good place. You got nothing to fear. Pack up your bags and go. Have common sense. Be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of your situations. But Go enjoy, you know, the world's your classroom and it, the world's your playground. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that, man. I, I want to just kind of talk about your global degree, man. Maybe just can you explain more to people what that is and just how powerful it is and the impact it's had on you? And, you know, how does somebody get involved? And, you know, what have you learned so far from it? Yeah, I mean, global degree is a simple idea. You need to visit every country in the world to graduate. It's like a university degree. It means a lot to me. I come from an academic family. My father was taught by Nobel Prize winners and went to prestigious Ivy League schools and all that. And unfortunately, he's not living the life that he is happy with or satisfied with. And I had other people in my life who just went and traveled and they were really good with people and they're living the life of their dreams. And So I decided pretty early on that travel and people was an important form of education for myself. And that's why this global degree idea meant a lot to me. I can't remember my life before this trip. I mean, I've collected so many experiences over the last five years. And I wouldn't change from all this experience. I would just say I'm more myself. I'm really aware of who I am and what I'm about. And I'm unwilling to conform at this point to anything I'm not. So you kind of get a really good sense of self-awareness from this level of adventure and and trip. And we started, I started five years ago, coming on six years ago. So when I started Global Degree, there was probably about five or 10 travel blogger content creators at the time. And today, anyone with an Instagram account is a aspiring travel blogger, photographer, model, digital nomad country counter. So it's pretty cool to see like literally millions of people come into the space. And I'd like to think that we had some sort of influence on that. And yeah, I mean, people seem like they're out there having fun and and, and there's no lack of adventure that you see all over social media and Instagram. So it's, yeah. it's cool to see as long as it's 
sustainable travel and it's friendly to the communities and you're not you're giving more to the local communities than you're taking away with your travel that's important for sure because you've obviously documented a lot you got some amazing videos and you had you've done really well with it when you were going were you thinking man i'm going to make a viral video here were you just thinking i'm just going to put together you know my experiences and just how I feel as a person and see how it impacts people and, and how different was what you thought was going to be to how it ended up and how much have you helped inspire other people? Would you say to do the same? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you want some adversity, <laughs> I'll tell you global degree barely survived in the beginning. When we first started, I was trying to get us followers and fans onto our channel. And this is when we were at like zero starting off. And so I remember we'd go to hostels and I would buy people beers in exchange for inviting all their friends onto our Facebook page. And uh, we'd go, I'd go around hostels and do that everywhere. And that was just a really grassroots way of growth. That's awesome, bro. When we took a bus to Chile, Chile is a really long country. It actually literally looks like a, a Chile. Yeah. It was a 24-hour bus down the coast from San Pedro Atacama to Santiago. and our videographer, Alex, had all of our content on a hard drive for about four months of travel through all of Central and South America. And the hard drive, he accidentally left it on the bus and it was the only copy. So when he realized that, he came, went running back and the hard drive was gone. So the entire production was gone at one point. The whole thing, everything, all of our sponsored content, all of our adventure, every single oh bit of information was gone. And so Alex wrote a letter in Spanish and had it printed and sent to every employee in the, um, in the bus company. And he had a, a Chilean friend there as a liaison. And we had to just keep filming the adventure and see what happened. And then four months later, when we returned home, we got a message from the Chilean girl saying, you're not going to believe this, but your hard drive turned up. Wow. Somebody just turned it in. And then we thought, wow, this is amazing. Maybe our, our project's going to live on, but maybe they cleared out the drive. So maybe they tried to erase it all and sell it. So we, we had her ship it to us. And I'll never forget him plugging it into the USB, typing in the password and all of our content still there. Wow. So that was a close call. The second close call was Alex was robbed at gunpoint in Brazil, or sorry, in Argentina, in La Boca, uh, Buenos Aires. He had his camera on the back of his backpack, but the tour company told him not to go through this area with showing any phones or cameras. So he was kind of asking for it a little bit. And anyway, a guy came up and tried to rob him at gunpoint. And he wanted the backpack and Alex refused to give him the backpack. And this was days after he lost the hard drive. So he had just literally had everything taken from him. So he just wasn't willing to give this guy the backpack. And uh, it was all caught on film on his GoPro. And when we went to the hostel and, and watched the video of the whole robbery in first person, I'll never forget. There was a lineup of backpackers wanting to see the video. And that's when we thought, okay, we have a viral piece on our hands here. We uploaded it to Reddit and it ended up getting, I think, 15 million views. It was the most shared video on YouTube. Wow. At one point, we got interviewed by CNN, NBC, 
Telenoche. And that was our first viral quote unquote video. And actually we leveraged that virality and all that new audience to get onto Discovery Channel to their digital network. So it's funny because here I stand today with all these views and all this content, all these sponsorships, but there was some serious issues in the beginning and some literal, literal life or death situations. And luckily we, we snuck by barely with, with our lives and with our hard drives. And here we are today. Wow. Yeah. And considering the amount of countries you went though, and the amount of time, I mean, for those to be, you know, the worst kind of moments, that's pretty good, you know, totally. I mean, considering, <laughs> right. Like, yeah, I've always been scared shitless of losing like my passport or something like that, man, that kind of thing, especially in a weird country. But I mean, that's just the way it goes, right? Sometimes it happens, but that's always mm-hmm. been my fear, you know, like it's like, it's, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've learned to keep my passport close to me. <laughs> passport, wallet, phone, camera. I put it in a production bag and have it as close as I can. That's yeah, for sure. You got to. So I'm not going to ask you your favorite country, obviously, but um, <laughs> I might've touched on this in our past conversations, but I think people listening would, would really agree with me and wanting to know what has been your most impactful country like that impacted your life that stands out in your head as, as something memorable and something special, but whether it be the food or the people or the climate, there's always something that you can think about that was like, wow, that was an awesome place or that really hit home to me. Yeah. We were supposed to be in Nepal during the second earthquake our itinerary, we were supposed to be there, and that was a really bad one. They had the first one, and then I think a couple weeks later, they had the second one. Luckily, we were delayed, and so we came a couple days after. And the whole city, Kathmandu, was in ruins, really. And uh, we saw it firsthand. Wow. And we reached out to our sponsors, and it was Hostel World, the hostel search engine that donated money to go and pay for it was a, a hundred homes for some of the village people because Kathmandu got hit really hard, but the smaller villages just got annihilated. They have just bamboo huts. So we went in and helped build these a hundred homes. And that was really, really rewarding. We teamed up with a local charity. We shipped in the goods, all the community stepped in to help each other. Everyone worked together to build the, these huts instead of worrying about their own, they all just worked together to finish the whole thing. And that was really rewarding. It was powerful to see. And it felt really good to just film the experience and show where these funds were going and and giving back. And so, um, yeah, charity work, volunteer work is really rewarding and powerful. So I definitely want to be doing more of that. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's amazing. Cause when you think about, you know, all the stories and things and, and that stands out, you know, there's such impact, such fulfillment in helping others like that. And I agree, man. Like I want to do the same. I want to have these projects and just, it's such a good feeling to help somebody that's less fortunate, you know, and it's even, you know, with this, you know, there's different opinions about this thing that happened in Paris, but for me, it's like, it's amazing how humans can come together when they need mm-hmm. to, to raise money regardless of what people are saying, you know, whatever opinions, but you know, what are your thoughts on the whole people being able to come together like that to raise that kind of money to rebuild Notre Dame? I mean, it's crazy. 700 million last time I checked in the last three 
three days, four days. So it's, yeah, I mean, that's, it shows the power of belief, the power of faith, whether you're Christian or not. Um, and the power of community yeah, and how much money can come together, uh, when people are, are, you know, trying to do something. So it's very powerful. Another idea, a project that's happening right now is the, um, ocean cleanup project. You have that um, Dutch guy, I think he's like 19 or 20 now, and he's raised something like $20 million as well to clean up 50% of plastic in the ocean in the next five years. It's amazing. And so here you have a kid who may, has an idea and the whole world seems to be coming together to make it happen. So what a world we live in, hey? Where this is yeah. with the power of social media, like the internet is humanity's nervous system. You know, mm. when someone's in need, the whole world can feel it now and things can happen and it's only going to get faster and stronger. So it's a really, really powerful time and interesting time. That's very good analogy, actually. Like, it's so true. But what's crazy is, is like, how does one get their message out there compared? How does one become viral? I don't even really like that word viral. <laughs> <laughs> that much, but like, how does one's project? Cause there's a lot of stuff people want to have make stuff happen and certain mm-hmm. ones sort of get through and certain ones. Well, don't. the, the most viral video we have is Alex almost getting killed on camera, which is a guilty pleasure. Humans love to witness yeah. things like that. Unfortunately, uh, that ties into a, a deep rooted thing with humans. Yeah. But then the second most viral video is, Uh, a video I made called seven life lessons and the intention of the video, somebody challenged me to make a video as if it were to be my last, as if I were to die the next day. So I took that to heart and I said, okay, well, if I'm going to die the next day, what are some life lessons I can share? And it ended up being seven of them. So I just made this video, simple narration with my voice along with some visuals and some drone shots that we'd captured. And yeah, that video has, I think, about 20 million views between our page and other pages. And it's been shared a quarter million times, translated into 20 different languages. And so like, the lesson I learned there is viral, quote unquote, content comes from within, not from without. Yeah, there's an internal dialogue within you. And if you can tap into that, and you can really basically put into words how you truly, truly feel. So you're kind of exposing truth on a different level. People will tune into that because it's relatable to them and because they can see themselves in you. If you can go as deep as you can within and then try and just peel one layer deeper and express what you see and what you feel, people identify with that. So the answer to the question is turn off everything, look within, see what's in there and start there because that's what people really love to see and love to love to hear. I'm so glad you've touched on that, man, because I wasn't sure how we were going to get there in the conversation, but I'm so glad we did because that is so powerful. And we had this conversation because, you know, being in the online marketing space, there's so much content out there and there's so much bullshit everywhere. It's hard to decipher the good, the bad, the ugly. And, you know, when our conversation was powerful because, you, you know, we kind of, we, we talked about this and how important it is to really come from your heart 
And I think everybody listening out there who is probably struggling at some point at creating video and not just being a sales tool, but to actually come from your heart, right? And to actually create something of value. And I think a lot of people are looking for that. So just to kind of get out of your head and to realize that you got to come within at the end of the day, when you peel back all the layers, all this technology and internet, it's like, what are you speaking from? You know, are you speaking from your true purpose? Yeah. And they call it social media channels, but you have to understand that it's truly a channel of your energy. It's a channel of you and your, your soul, your spirit, your whatever you want to call it. There's something in there that has a voice and has an opinion on things and you're channeling that onto the internet, whether your format is through writing podcasts and audio video creating stories and movies whatever it is so you have to kind of remember it's a channel of you and people can subscribe to you and your energy or they can unsubscribe and that's not up to you that's up to them your only job is to be the most truthful and honest of who you are from within that's your only job and express that in in the best way that you can (laughs) That's so powerful, man. That's all we have at the end of the day, right? That's all we have is ourselves. You can't, you got to peel off the mask and be yourself because we're so many people playing different roles, trying to be like somebody else or trying to impress somebody or trying to be live in this box that they were put in as a kid or whatever it may be. It's like, you got to take off that mask and come realization of who you really are. And this leads to the next thing I, I really wanted to talk to you about too, man. And I think this would be very valuable for people that we've talked about before is after you got back, correct me if the sequence is wrong, but you went into what's called the Vipassana. I keep saying it yeah. wrong. The Vipassana, <laughs> which everybody, it's a 10 day silent meditation where you can't speak to anybody, right? Can you elaborate on that and kind of talk us through you got back and you did, and from your trip and then why you went to it and kind of what resulted, what in it, what happened and what resulted from it? Sure. So I had just come back from my trip. I'd done 123 countries at this point over the last five years. And with all this travel and all this movement, I was just calling for complete stillness. And with all this noise, with all these people and all this social media, I was just calling for complete silence. And when I had gotten word of uh, what a Vipassana is, I'm like, well, what better thing than a silent retreat? Yeah. So Vipassana means seeing things as it is. Buddha, the word Buddha actually means the enlightened one. And it comes from a guy named Gotema. And when Gotema, the Buddha, reached enlightenment, was uh, sitting under a tree and he started to teach basically what he had realized under that tree, which is the act of Vipassana, seeing things as it is. So it really stems from the teachings of Buddha directly to, um, to Hindu people in India. And basically it's, it's 10 days of silence. There's no music, no exercise, no talking, no eye contact, which is a form of communication. Men and women are separated. So there's no sexual energy no writing, uh, just nothing, complete isolation. And it's by donation only. There's locations all over the world. And it was just really, really powerful. Uh, You basically start to have a a very deep 
internal dialogue with yourself about who you are. Um, the, the visions that I saw in those 10 days, I've never, I've never witnessed something that strong and powerful and clear, crystal clear. And it's kind of like an involuntary prison in the fact that you have things taken from you and only when it's taken from you, can you appreciate it? And there's power in that. And then the, the real kind of thing that they want you to walk away with is that all sensations are welcome in your body. You can't crave feelings of pleasure, nor can you avert or run away from feelings of pain. It's not feelings of pain and pleasure that causes us happiness and unhappiness. It's the actual act of craving and aversion that causes all the pain, all, sorry, all the suffering in our life. So Vipassana is learning to observe all sensations. You sit with, you'll sit for up to three hours called sittings of strong determination without any movement. And you just learn to feel the pain and to observe the pain instead of reacting to the pain. That's a really powerful thing because uh, whether we know it or not, our subconscious reacts to a lot and it's subconscious. We're not aware of all of our reactions. So learning to observe and not react, you're basically training your subconscious to accept everything that comes to you and then make the right decision for yourself. And in my case, the right decision toward my vision that I saw. So that's what I got out of 10 days. <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to just wrap my mind around that whole concept because I know we had talked about it and man, I'm just, I just sit there and I've finally been able to master like an hour of sitting there, but consistently for 10 days. I just, it's, it's out of my realm of, of thought. Like, I don't even know how that's possible. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> you know, like most- isn't, isn't it funny? Isn't it funny to say that out loud? Yeah. I didn't think it was possible to sit and do nothing for 10 days. Like that just summarizes our, our generation, doesn't it? <laughs> doesn't it though? Doesn't it exactly? And that is considered like a strange thing to do just sitting there like lazy or something, you know, whatever people think, but it's so important. And you, you know, the more I learn about this stuff and the more I hear about it and the more I hear the value of it. And there's not a lot of people that have been through that. That's why I wanted to bring this up because if somebody has been on the fence or thinking about it, it's maybe something that they should think about. And I think it's going to become a lot more common as well. Right. Because mm -hmm. yeah, someone like yeah. yourself, you get all this, this, this travel, you know, planes, trains, automobiles, whatever, hotels or hostels, whatever. You sensory overload, you know, cathedrals, churches, temples, deserts. It's like, wow, all right, I need to settle down because I know even traveling every two days when I was in Europe, I did like 11 countries in like two months, three, two and a half months. It was, even that was a lot. And I needed to come home and sleep and just not talk to anybody for a while. And mm -hmm. like, I can see why you would need that and why you would crave the opposite of what you just had. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I was starting to take it for granted, my lifestyle. Yeah. And like I said, only when you have things taken away, can you truly appreciate it? Another um, kind of iconic person who, who does it is Jack Dorsey. He just came back. He's the CEO of, of Twitter yeah. and Square. Multi-billionaire, you know, tech VC that, a lot of the world in technology looks up to. And he said that for his birthday, 
he gave himself the gift of Vipassana, of 10 days of silence. And he flew out to Myanmar and just kind of laid on a mattress on the floor. And it was just a very, very simple setup. And you wake up at 4.30 each morning and go to bed around hopefully 11 o'clock and just, and just meditate. And so it was really powerful to see him doing it and to be advertising it as one of the greatest things he'd ever done. And yeah, I mean, if it calls to you, just know that you can never be too busy or never be too important to just sit on a floor and think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is I talk about meditation a lot on here and I talk about a lot of that stuff. You know, we have guests, different people. Like we had somebody that was came in the other day. We were chatting. He was uh, he, he was a monk for ten years back in the day. Who's that? His name was what was his name? Oh, okay. Oh, I thought it was Jay. No. 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 Shit, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Anyways. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Who are some cool people that you've come across and you've worked with that have done these kind of things? Like like some uh, monks or really interesting people that you've had the chance to work with and grow from? I mean, in terms of spirituality, I've done some really interesting work in Bali. I had a life coach session with a guy who sits down with Olympic athletes, Fortune 500 CEOs, billionaires. And he, uh, I spent an hour with him just being really vulnerable and talking about my challenges in my life. And he gave some really good wisdom. So life coaching was really interesting. Uh, we've, I've done sound, sound healing where you just lay on the floor and you have people kind of put on this performance of sound. Breath work. There's a thing called cosmic breath where you breathe a certain way and your body literally starts to tense up. You're, you're, you're almost voluntarily hyperventilating, but you're doing it to... Um, it's really interesting the feelings you go through and, and it, it's a form of meditation in, its, in itself. So I've done some really kind of weird, interesting spiritual stuff, but then, you know, obviously done lots of, you know, everything, adventure, philosophy, psychology. It's, you know, I I don't say that the world is your classroom lightly. I mean, it truly is. I I mean, each day I come out with something, piece of inspiration, or at least a, a thought, an interesting thought that I got from, from somebody. So Teachers come in many forms when you travel. You'll, you'll learn that quickly. Yeah, no, definitely. And I learn every day, every conversation I have with somebody, I, I, especially doing this, you know, how many different things that you can take in from people's experiences, you know, like, sorry, Daniel Levin, if you're listening, man, I just remembered, sorry, I forgot your name. <laughs> yeah, no, just like the, for him the other day, I was just going to say, he, you know, just the experiences of that and hearing those stories and then yours, it's like, man, you learn so much. You hear a lot, like people are very different, but they're all, all of us are the same. We're all out for the same journey, you know? Yeah. We're all looking for the same sort of thing. And another notable monk, sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. um, Jay Shetty, who uh, he has, I think like 20 million people following him now. Yeah. And in 2018, he had three and a half billion views with a B he was a monk for several years. He literally just meditated, shaved his head, threw on some orange robes and, and was a full out monk. And now he seems to be this insane channel that makes ripples across the world effortlessly. So it's kind of like, instead of being in such a rush forward all the time, it's important to sometimes take one step back 
Mm. So you can take a quantum leap forward. A little analogy I always like to give is when you watch a fly trying to exit a room and it's just hitting its head against the glass over and over again, you're just witnessing this. And you're like, if the fly just took one step back, it could realize that there's a wide open window, two feet to the left, but it's so, it's so caught up and just hitting harder and harder. And it's convinced if it just hits a little bit harder, it's going to break through and make it. And, you know, you look down and you see all these other dead flies below it. And you know exactly where this fly is headed. And you can't help but relate that to humans sometimes. We like to bang our head over and over to try and get things done. This idea that, uh, you know, success is 1% preparation, 99% perspiration. You know, let's just hit your, <laughs> hit your head harder to get through. No, take a step back look around, assess the situation, assess your yeah. life and your truth and your feelings and your sensations and maybe, you know, change course and be in flow. So that's another way to look at it. Yeah. And I think things are changing as well. I, I think a lot of that mentality of just work so hard until you die to get success is kind of changing. You know, I think people are realizing that there needs to be flow. There needs to be a little balance and to get your full spectrum wealth or your true spectrum wealth or whatever it is, you know, to get, to tick all the boxes because if you're stressed out all the time, working hard all the time, not being smart, running into that window. I mean, you're missing out on so many things, right? Like you're just not, it's just not a smart way to approach it. And I do think that there is a change happening though, as far as people's perspective. And it probably has a lot to do with social media and having videos and awesome people like Ed Milet and Jay Shetty and, you know, mm -hmm. people like yourself adding value to people's lives just and seeing that you can be successful without being in that mindset of just go, 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 go all the time without sitting back and thinking about it. Right. Yeah, totally. There's a consciousness shift. Yeah. We're heading toward a, a really really interesting time yeah. the next step is to get the whole world on the internet that's happening right now with satellites they're launching into the air that's going to provide lte 3g to anyone on earth mm. just imagine 8 billion people on a 3g network and imagine having algorithms that can really process thoughts and have the best thoughts be transmitted across the world you're kind of getting everyone onto one grid, one central database or system, which is yeah. ties into the idea of cryptocurrency. And it's going to be a powerful time, a really interesting time. And now's a time more than ever to channel who you are and what you're all about. And life is short. You know, everyone thinks they're going to live to a hundred and you know, you never know what's going to happen. So the internet is going to record everything that you do and say and keep it there forever. So I think it's important that you share how you feel and, and who you truly are now because tomorrow's not guaranteed. Yeah, not for sure. Man, so good. Where can everybody find you, bro? Where's the best place to check you out? I'm Global Degree on Instagram, uh, Global Degree TV on Facebook and YouTube, Twitter. Uh, Global Degree Academy, if, if people want to go and travel the world instead of, well, if they want to get their degree online while they travel, uh, that's a service we're providing. Digital Nomads is the, the hot, 
hot word right now. And I predict that digital scholars is going to be the next big trend. The idea of students getting certifications and degrees while they travel through their laptop. There's no reason why that can't happen. So Global Degree Academy helps facilitate that. So if, if they know someone that's interested or they're interested, we can help with that as well. And yeah. Amazing. Make sure you check him out, guys. He's got some awesome content out there, really inspiring people and helping change the world, man. And it's great to see. It's been amazing connecting with you. I just got one and a half more questions before we wrap up, bro. Yeah, go ahead. I know that you kind of tied it in. Well, actually, let's first go here. Okay, out of traveling the world, doing all your things, what's like a one thing now that is kind of like a non-negotiable wake up and you got to do like uh, as far as a daily routine? I mean, I know that sometimes we, they get mixed up, but what have you adopted as like, uh, oh shit, it could be something like having a coffee. It could yeah, be- I was going to say, I, I was going to give you some sort of like deep, profound answer, but the answer <laughs> is, the answer is coffee. And yeah. <laughs> when I'm home, to be honest, coffee yeah. with a shot of Bailey's in it. I yeah. love the, I love the uh, taste of Bailey's. Hey, fair so, enough. Coffee Bailey's, that's, that's the only thing that's imperative. Everything else... <laughs> comes and goes <laughs> <laughs> oh man i love it no i love that bro because like you got to enjoy your time back here as well and and you, you know you're you're on the road again soon and things your comforts are going to be different and it's yeah i love it you might have already touched on this but i ask everybody this at the end what is one thing that you could give to everybody out there to overcome adversity in their lives, whatever it may be, to go on to achieve a better life or just success in whatever they do? Yeah, I mean, my story is an example of asking you shall receive. I think the golden rule in life is do unto others as you would have done unto yourself. And the silver rule is asking you shall receive. You need the courage to ask for big things and you need the gratitude to receive them. If you have gratitude people feel really good giving you things and they'll do everything in their power to give you more. If you don't have gratitude, people don't feel good giving you things and they'll do nothing in their power to give you more. So here's a simple human characteristic that literally opens or closes your world. And asking for nothing is a choice of one out of the infinite. Nothing is is a choice. And so if you're choosing to ask for nothing, I think you need to open up your mind a bit. In my case, I asked for a trip around the world and that's what I received. So asking taps into manifestation, which is the thing that governs everything around us. And so to ask and manifest, but at the same time show gratitude and receive is the most powerful thing you can do and ask for big things. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) <laughs> I love that, man. That gets me so fired up. That's all I talk about is gratitude on here. It's, that's so <laughs> awesome, bro. I really appreciate the way you explain that because it's so important and even to lead with gratitude. And, and I love the more I talk to people about this, it's like more people are practicing gratitude and it's just becoming a better world, man. I don't care if it yeah. sounds cheesy. It's, it's the way it fucking is. You know, like yeah. <laughs> more people can be grateful, the better it is, man. You know, somebody's always got it worse. You always have it better than somebody else. And if you can see the light instead of always the darkness, I mean, it's just so important, man. So, yeah. Thank you so much, brother. You guys make sure you check them out. Michael Graziano. I love that name, by the way. 
Is that, Thanks, am I bro. saying that right? You nailed it. <laughs> Michael Graziano, Ciao, Global Degree. Make sure you go follow him right now, you guys. He's awesome, dude. He's going to be on some amazing adventures, so check him out. Really appreciate you, bro. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll have to catch you on part two when we do our video when you get back. Sounds good, brother. Thanks so much for having me, man. Really appreciate it. No problem, brother. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Have an amazing day. Boom. That was powerful. Does that make you want to get up and go travel the world? I know it made me want to. Make sure you check out Global Degree, Michael Graziano. As you're hearing this, he's on his way to finishing his goal of traveling and seeing all the countries in the world. Amazing. So grateful. Wish him the best. Make sure you check him out. For our second review of the day, we are going to dive in to the heart. That was the title of it from Danuk in USA. Lance dives deep and tears at the heart. A must listen. Thank you so much for that review. I appreciate it. Try and get as passionate and as uh, heartfelt as we can. Not all conversations go as deep as some, but that's okay. So appreciate you. Review the podcast, everybody, when you get a second. Leave us a five-star review. Let us know what we did right. And also hit that subscribe button, as always. Appreciate you. I'm going to keep bringing value, keep stepping up the game. And again, thank you so much. We will catch you next time, folks. You just finished another class at the University of Adversity. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tune in again next time for more life lessons with Lance ECOs.